Greetings to all of my brothers and sisters in Christ. You are listening to Shepherd's Gate Christian Ministries Prepare the People, a podcast for troublesome times. I am your host, the ever joyful Brother Nathan Waldron. And for this episode, I am pleased to be presenting a message brought to us by the highly esteemed Brother Aldwin Nathan. We ask that you will pardon the audio in this episode as we were unable to record this message in our studio. Nevertheless, we believe that what is being said here will be beneficial to you on your Christian journey as you're striving to perfect holiness before the Lord. And so, without further ado, let's get into the message. Amen. Amen. Praise God. The Lord our God is so good to us. He is so very good to us. He has provided us everything that we need for salvation. And to walk holy and blameless before Him. He is so good. Uh, I believe that Jesus is coming soon. And He is trying to prepare His church, His bride... For that glorious day, there's a, a scripture that he's placed on my heart, and I wanted to find something else to speak on, but nothing else would come to me, only this passage, and then I had to come to a conclusion, somebody needs to hear this. The Lord uh, wants somebody to hear this this message and understand it. It's um, John chapter 13. And John chapter 13 is, is the chapter where he washed his disciples' feet. And it's an important chapter because God is doing something here. And the Lord said to his disciples, he says, what I'm doing you don't understand now. But later you'll understand. You see, he was doing something that was more than just washing their feet. But let's get into this chapter. I'm going to read the first 17 verses and then we'll unpack it. Okay? Uh, John chapter 13. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, 
you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, He who is bathed need only to wash his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him. Therefore he said, You are not all clean. So, when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. There's a lot in this chapter. And like I said, he's not just talking about washing, physically washing their feet. There's a lot more in it. And that's why he said at one point, uh, what I'm doing now, you don't understand. But later you will. If it was simply washing feet, and that's what he was teaching us to do because Jesus loves clean feet, there's nothing more to understand. But this chapter is much deeper than that, and it's something that Christians should understand. Um, so I'll, I'll just go through it and unpack it as we go. Verse 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Now, the chapter gives us some insight into what Jesus is thinking. Jesus is saying, I'm leaving soon. The time is coming soon when I'm going to be arrested and I'm going to be crucified and put to death for the sins of the world. And I want, I want to give them a picture. I want something that they would understand my ministry and the ministry that they are entering into. Now, there were no cameras in those days, so God often did three things to give people a picture in their mind. He gave them dreams, he gave them visions, and he also had his prophets act out what he wanted the people to see and understand. He did that a lot with the prophet Jeremiah. Had him doing things that was like, what is he doing? What is he trying to teach us? And then he would say, this is what the Lord is going to do to Israel and so forth. He had him act, act, act it out so that people can see it. He wanted to paint a picture in their minds. And this is what Jesus is doing here. He wants to paint a picture in the minds of the apostles. So it says in verse 2, And supper being ended, the devil having already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, again, this is what's in Jesus' mind. He had come from God. He was returning to God. 
And so this is what he's going to do. It says, he rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. He wrapped the towel around himself. So he strips off his clothes and he lays them aside. And he girds himself with a towel. That's very symbolic. That's what he did when he left his, his throne of glory and came here and put on human flesh. He took, he put aside his glorious garment and he girded himself with a towel. This frail flesh. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel which he was girded. So here he is now. He's practically naked aside from this towel. And he's washing their feet. He has a basin of water and he's taking whatever dirt and muck that they picked up in, the, in their travels, he's washing it off their feet. Now you have to realize this is slave work. They had servants and slaves that did this when a guest came to your house. Okay? So that's, that's why when he came to Simon, this is verse 6, he came to Simon, Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. And Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. If I don't wash you, we're not in fellowship. If I don't wash you, we can't walk together. We're not in agreement. There has to be cleansing. I have to deal with your sin or else we're not in fellowship. Okay, so then Peter said to him, you sh um, well, verse, verse 9, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only then, but also my hands and my head. Okay, if, if you have to wash me, then I'm going to be in fellowship with you, that you're going to have part with me, that we're going to have relationship, then wash all of me. <laughs> okay, but Jesus said to him, he who is bathed need only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. You see, in, in those days, you have to understand, God is doing this to paint a picture in their minds. In those days, they understood foot washing. We don't understand foot washing in this day and age because we don't have people washing each other's feet. We wear our shoes and socks and, you know, that keeps a lot of stuff off. But in those days, they wore sandals. And they didn't have paved roads. They had dirt roads. And they had animals that also walked those roads and did their business in those roads. So let's say you're going over to a friend's house. You're going to have dinner. You bathe. And you put on your, your good robe and, and clothes, your sandals, and you go out. But as you're walking from your house to your friend's house, some of the dirt, some of the dust, some of the muck, some of something that the animals left behind splashes on your feet. So when you get to his house or your friend's house, they had servants that immediately took you aside and washed the dirt and the muck off your feet because no one wanted to sit at a table with you to eat when you had all kinds of dirt or debris stuck to your, your feet and your legs. Okay? Because they didn't wear pants. They didn't wear shoes. They had robes. They had sandals. And the roads had dirt, dust, and animal dung everywhere. 
So they understood the washing of the feet. What Jesus is doing here is he's introducing something to them and he's saying, this is my ministry. I came here. I set aside my glory to come here and deal with your sin, to deal with your filth. I came here to cleanse you. Okay? And he said that once you're, once you're cleansed by me, you're clean. All you need now is your feet to be washed. From time to time, your feet need to be washed because there are going to be things in this world that want to cling to us. We're Christians. We love the Lord. We live for the Lord. But there are things of this world that try to attach itself to us. There's different types of sins that we, we are prone to. Pride. Lust. You know, there are different things that, you know, want to make us compromise us, make us dishonest. We, we, some people struggle with integrity on their job. They struggle with self-righteousness. They struggle with different things. And we have to keep these things in fellowship. As we entered into the Lord's ministry, part of that ministry of love, forgiveness, and reconciliation is to wash one another's feet, to confess our sins to one another, and to pray for one another that we may be healed. Now, Jesus died for our sins, and he forgives sins. But there are times when Satan tries to get a stronghold in our life, and one of the things that breaks that stronghold is confession, is having uh, one or two brothers or sisters in your uh, place of worship, in your sphere of worship, that you're able to talk to about the things, the sin that's, that clings so closely, as Hebrews 12 says, the dirt, the muck that would get on you, that would try to cling to you. We have to have someone that's a confessor, someone that we, we trust and we're able to, to share with our struggles, and that they are humble enough also to, to wash our feet, to pray for us, to cleanse us. It's something that's humbling, but it's something that's necessary in the body of Christ. You see, the Lord is trying to prepare his church for his coming. He's trying to prepare his bride for his coming. Yes. Let me just uh, finish this chapter. Um, okay, he says, um, verse 10, Jesus said to them, He was bathed, need only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. Okay? And you are you are all clean, but you are clean, but not all of you, for he knew who would betray him. Therefore, he said, "You are not all clean." See, Jesus died for the sins of the world, even those who would betray him. He washed even Judas's feet. He came to deal with all the sins of the world. Even Judas's feet were washed, but he knew Jesus. You know, Judas, um, what he was and what he was made of. Jesus still died for everyone. Okay. Uh, verse 12. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? See, he, after, he, after he washed their feet, after he dealt with their, with their filth, with their sins, he took his place again. He, took, he put back on his garments and he took his seat. He ascended into heaven. It's a picture. He ascended into heaven. He, re 
he took back his glory that he had left set aside when he came to us. See, his mission was to deal with our sins. He died once and for all for our sins. The Bible says he's going to come again, not to deal with sin, but to take those who are eagerly awaiting for him, the bride who has gotten herself ready. Okay, let me just finish uh, to verse 17. Um, verse 12, so when he had washed their feet, taken his garments and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who was sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. We're not greater than Jesus. If Jesus took the position of a servant, of a slave, and dealt with their dirty feet. He's saying, don't consider yourself higher than that. You, it's, it's part of his ministry that we have entered into. We also have to deal with people's sins. And, and in a right way, as, as the scripture says, if any of you thinks he stands, let him take heed, lest he falls. He said, if anyone falls, we who are spiritual need to restore them in a spirit of gentleness. We need to restore them. We need to, we need to cleanse them. We need to deal with the sin. We need to listen to their confessions. We need to pray for them. We need to break the strongholds in their lives. It's an, an important part of Christian ministry. And I believe that God kept this message on my heart because he wants there to be a clear understanding that he is coming soon. He's preparing his bride for his return. And we as Christians, we need to be in honest fellowship. You know, in 1 John chapter 1, I believe it's um, verses 7 through 10, it touches on this same theme. It says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's if we confess our sins. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. To walk in the light, it says here, is to be in honest fellowship. Okay? We have to be in honest fellowship. As it says in uh, Proverbs 28, 13, he who conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes it will obtain mercy. You see, confession is something that God uses to keep us humble and free from self-righteousness. It is something that God uses to break any and all spiritual strongholds and toeholds of the devil in our lives. We can't let, you know, the dirt and the muck of this world cling to us and think it's all right. Whenever I have struggled with any kind of sin in my life, God's grace has been upon me that I have confessed it to one or two brothers, usually my pastor and another brother, and they have prayed for me that I would be healed and that any stronghold would be broken. And I have done the same for, for them. I've done the same for, for 
pastors and other brethren in the church. And it's part of our ministry. And it's something that needs to be uh, understood and practiced that the bride of Christ can be pure and clean and ready for the coming of the bridegroom. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, I, I think for the sake of time, we're gonna we're gonna get right into a closing prayer.